welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second reading is from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 7, verses 3 to 13. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Then Samuel said to all the house of Israel, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Astartes from among you. Direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So Israel put away the Baals and the Astartes, and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted that day and said, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the Israelites at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us and pray that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offered up, offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel, but the Lord thundered with a mighty voice that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion, and they were routed before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them down as far as beyond beth Then Samuel took a stone and set it up before, between Mizpah and Jeshana and named it Ebenezer, for he said, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you read your bulletin this morning, if you read your bulletin, you might notice that the Reverend Joe Evans was supposed to preach today. And the title of the sermon was supposed to be, Here I Raise My Ebenezer. That was the plan. Sometimes plans change. If you read your bulletin this morning, you might have noticed that our second hymn was not supposed to be the offertory. (laughs) That wasn't the plan either. Sometimes plans change. Presbyterians are good at making plans. Back in March of 2020, our church shut down for two weeks because we were told that two weeks is all the time you need for a global pandemic to blow over. And those two weeks turned into two years. And during that time, our staff made plans. Joe and I made plans, and we made backup plans for our plans, just in case. Joe and I decided that while we were on high alert for the COVID pandemic, we'd pretend that we were on that show, Designated Survivor. (laughs) Have you seen this show? The premise is that at every major government event, like the State of the Union Address, there is a designated survivor, a person in the presidential succession plan who is kept away from the event, whisked off to a secure location, just in case, 
if there is a total disaster, there will always be someone to step up and act as president. Well, Joe and I like this idea, so we decided that we wouldn't spend time in the same room, exposed to the same people, breathing the same air, just in case. And in three and a half years, we never had cause to test our strategy until this weekend. On Friday night, I was driving home from the Cobb County Library book sale, and if you haven't been, it's still going on today. I was driving home with a bag full of books and big plans to read all weekend long. But there in the car, I got a call which is strange because it was a Friday. That's my day off, that's Joe's day off. I got a call from Joe. I thought I better take this call. He was telling me that he was sick with COVID. And then I regretted taking the call <laughs> because you know who the designated survivor was. You can't predict when you're gonna get a call like that. You can't predict when you're going to be asked to get off the bench and into the game. And in our Old Testament reading today, we read that Samuel has been called off the bench and into the game too. This month, we've been following the story of Samuel. Two weeks ago, we learned about his miraculous birth, the answer to his mother's prayer. Last week, we watched as Samuel began to train under the priest Eli. He grew in wisdom and stature and in faith. But this peaceful existence is interrupted. In the very next chapter, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, the Philistines sneak into Shiloh, and then they break into the temple, and they snatch the Ark of the Covenant. Well, what's the big deal about that? What's the big deal about the Ark of the Covenant? Well, if you haven't seen Indiana Jones, the Ark of the Covenant is this box that the Israelites carried around with them in the wilderness. And it's not just an ordinary box, it's suspended between two long poles so that people can hold those poles and carry the Ark around without actually touching it. Why shouldn't you touch the Ark of the Covenant? Again, if you haven't seen Indiana Jones, it's a holy object. Inside that box are relics from the time of Moses, and it makes the ark a pretty special thing. But that's not the most special thing about the ark. The most special thing is that the ark is a chair, a reserved seat. You didn't know that, did you? Some of you are sitting in the seat that you always sit in every Sunday. Did you know that God had a seat like that? When God shows up in the temple, where does God sit? God sits on his throne. And where is God's throne? It's the ark. That's what the Philistines have taken away, like an ancient game of capture the flag. Well, the people of Israel won't stand for this. They go to battle with the Philistines. They lose the battle because the Philistines had superior military technology. But when the dust settles, they still don't have the ark. And a lot of people are dead, including Eli, the priest that was training Samuel, and Eli's sons, the sons that might have taken Eli's place as priest at the temple at Shiloh. The leadership structure at Shiloh has been decimated except for one person, Samuel. We don't know how old Samuel was 
as this chaos unfolded. We don't know how he felt about it, whether he felt qualified or equipped to step up. All we know is that when Samuel gets the call, he finds the courage to say yes. And that yes is an act of faith. Because the task ahead of Samuel is extraordinary. The community doesn't just need a priest, they need a judge to arbitrate their differences. And given the situation with the Philistines, they might need a military commander too. To top it all off, the instability, the chaos, the back and forth battles with the Philistines, and there's continual back and forth battles with the Philistines, all of this takes a toll on the people. And over time, they lose hope. They start to lose faith. They begin to forget who they are and whose they are. And this is where Samuel starts his work. He starts by calling the people to remember. He calls them to remember their God. And then when God answers their prayer, Samuel calls the people to remember what God has done. Did you notice what he did? When the Philistine army is driven out of the land, Samuel sets up a large stone, a large stone to mark the site of the battle, and he calls it an Ebenezer. That word Ebenezer, it means stone of help, or we might say it means the stone that commemorates God's help. And that's what it is. It's a commemorative stone, not unlike the monuments we find at Kennesaw Mountain, a stone that marks a special location. Samuel sets it up so the people can see it as a visual reminder. He sets it up so the people can remember, not for one day or for one year, but for decades, for centuries to come. They can remember what God has done. Because if they can remember, he knows they can find the courage they need to say yes when God calls. It does take courage to say yes when God calls. It can be frightening to say yes. It's a little frightening to be up here, to be honest. I had 20, I had, sorry, 36 hours of notice. And it's the fastest I've ever written a sermon. But it's not the first time I've preached under duress. And I remember, I remember those other times because when we remember what God has done, we find the courage to say yes to hard things. I remember a Sunday morning when I preached on two hours of sleep because my child had been sick all night. And I remember a Sunday morning when I left my sermon and all my notes at home an hour away from the church and had to do it all from memory. I remember how God showed up even in those moments and equipped me with the words that I needed. And so I trust this morning that if this message is coherent, if this service is meaningful, it's because God's been at it again. Now, to be fair, Joe did send me a copy of his sermon. And I read it, and I considered reading it to you too. I did. I sat down to tweak it just a little, and I wound up with a totally different message. Because here's the thing about saying yes, about stepping up to use your gifts. You don't have to do it like the person before you did it. Often you're not meant to. You're not meant to do it like them. You're meant to do it like only you can do it. 
So Samuel isn't meant to be the leader that Eli was. He's meant to be the leader that only he can be. I'm not meant to preach like Joe Evans, and if I tried, I wouldn't be doing it right. If there is such a thing as the right way to preach, I think it's to preach with integrity and love and as a genuine expression of my own faith. So this is a different sermon than the one Joe had. It doesn't say the same things. It doesn't land where his was going to land. I will tell you that at this point, Joe was going to share a story about a character named Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings. You guys know Gandalf? All right. Well, that story doesn't make sense in this sermon. So, instead, I'll share a story with you about the actor who plays Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. His name is Sir Ian McKellen. You might know him from Lord of the Rings, or you might know him as Magneto from X-Men, or you might know him from way back in his theater days, from Richard III, or before that, Macbeth. He was interviewed about his long and distinguished career, and the interviewer happened to have seen Ian McKellen on stage in the 90s. He said it was a rainy Wednesday afternoon. It was a matinee performance in the middle of the week on the back end of an eight-month tour. Now, lesser actors might have phoned it in, but not Sir Ian McKellen. No, he turned up for that performance, and the interviewer thought this was amazing. He said, you were dazzling. I couldn't believe it. How do you bring that level of commitment to your work? Do you always bring that kind of commitment to your work? And Ian McKellen said, oh yes, yes, because when I was 14, I fell in love with theater. My parents took me to a performance and that was it. That's what I wanted to do. He said, every time I walk onto a stage, I remember that somewhere out there, a 14-year-old like me, is watching. And if we do it right, he's going to fall in love with theater too. Someone is always watching. Watching me, watching you, watching us all, watching how we live and how we serve and how we love, how we give. First Presbyterian Church, someone out there in this dark and lonely world is watching. And if we do it right, not just for Sunday mornings, not just for the matinee, but for every day of the week, if we do it right, if we live out our faith with integrity and love, that someone just might fall in love with Jesus too. So when we lack courage, may we remember this. May we say yes, even if we're scared, even if we feel unprepared. May we commit ourselves fully and wholly to this journey of faith, trusting that when God calls us, God will and does equip us. That's how we see lives changed with faith, hope, and love. May it be so. Amen. 
This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.